Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there and welcome to episode number 17. So firstly, to all my new listeners today, I just want to give you guys a warm welcome and say I'm so happy that you guys are listening into this episode and listening for the first time. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes and join our regular listeners that are listening every single week. And to all my other listeners that are joining me every single week, thank you for coming back. Thank you for joining me again. And thank you for being with me today as we explore another guest and another topic that is super exciting. So Anne is my guest for today, Anne Holm. And Anne is a certified coach and consultant that specializes in defining your strengths and also helps you find and account for your blind spots. Anne is a MBTI master practitioner with a subspecialty in interpreting step three in the MBTI, which is a highly personalized roadmap in personality development. So if you don't know what MBTI stands for, MBTI is basically just a form or an assessment, a way to assess and find out what your personality is It's a way to identify your common patterns. So Anne also studied the brain for over 35 years, first as a speech pathologist and now as a certified coach for the International Coaching Federation. So Anne believes that you should position yourself for success by increasing your self-awareness, which is a must-have skill in the 21st century. And that is one of the things that we spoke about during this episode It was about self-awareness. It was about the idea of thinking of who you are, what you're thinking about, how you place yourself, how you think. It's all those things. But before giving everything away, I'd I'd suggest that you keep the next few things in mind as we go through this episode. As we go and explore this topic, I want you to think about your own self-awareness. How would you define self-awareness? Do you understand what it means? And also, once you understand, how would you measure your own self-awareness on a scale from one to 10? Would you say you are highly self-aware, you know, eight, nine, 10, or not as self-aware, maybe three or four or five? As you ask yourself those questions, you will also try and find the nuggets during this episode. You will try and your brain will try and find the insights as we explore the topic. So as we explore the topic of self-awareness, you'll also see that we jumped a little bit in between uh, to chat about personality and how that integrates with everything else. It was very, very interesting and it definitely is exciting. So as we go through, keep those questions in mind. Ask yourself how aware, how self-aware are you? And also ask yourself, how can you improve that? You know, once the episode is done, how can you improve on that? So before we jump in, I would also just like to let you know that we have a free Facebook community that is starting in 2020. And there is where we will be 
mingling and chatting with like-minded people, people that want to strengthen their mindset, people that want to start thinking differently, stretch their thinking, think exponentially, you know, people that want to grow, people that are growth explorers, people that want to maximize their life and people that want to set up themselves to become the best version of themselves. So if you think that you are someone like that, please join this, this community. You can find it on Facebook. It's just called Exploring Possibility or go into the website and click on the menu link that says community and it will take you to the group. We are going to start soon. I want you there. I want you to improve. I want you to be there with us and improve yourself every single day so you just become the best version of yourself. So without any further ado, let's jump into this episode with Anne. Enjoy. Hi there, Anne, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm very, very excited to have you on the show today. Yep, glad to be here. Awesome stuff. So as with all my other guests, I typically jump in and find in who the person is. So just tell us a little bit more about who is Anne. That's a lot. Of, there's a lot of angles to that. Um, <laughs> so my background is, is that I am an executive coach, and I've been doing that for about 12 years. Uh, prior to that, though, I worked uh, in the field of brain injury rehabilitation, so I was kind of a, a brain specialist, and I did that for 25 years. So I think the best way to describe me would be uh, that I have made it uh, my life's goal to help people be at their best, uh, whether they've you know, had an injury or they're trying to make their current life um, better, more interesting, find out, you know, what it is that drives them. Um, kind of been doing that for a lot of years. Awesome stuff. It sounds like you've got, you've actually got a, a ton of experience on the brain, which is quite exciting. And then also, you also have a background in, in studying or working with personalities, which is the, I saw on your website, it says that you are an MBTI practitioner. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, I'm an, an MBTI a master practitioner. Uh, so that means I've worked with it for uh, a number of years. I've had a, a number of opportunities to uh, study it and use it in its a proper way. Uh, I'm not sure if any of your listeners would even know that there's an MBTI step three. Um, there's a MBTI step one, step two, but then there's this, this specialized instrument called the MBTI step three, which helps individuals know where they are in type development. Um, the thing I want to mention about the MBTI is uh, that instrument, along with many other personality instruments, uh, sometimes there's this sense that if uh, you do the MBTI and you look at the results of it, that that somehow is putting you um, in a box, that this is all and only what you are. But it's actually quite the opposite, particularly when it comes to this instrument, because it's based on a developmental theory, uh, Carl Jung's developmental theory. So um, you are expected to understand your results, but also uh, grow from them to add layers to your personality and not just, you know, box yourself into the characteristics that are described um, in your personality profile. And anyway, the step three, which I referred to earlier, is the uh, instrument that examines how well you're doing at that task of uh, 
discovering who you are, getting grounded in that, and then adding flexibility so that you can do a number of other uh, tasks that are not necessarily your preferred way of doing things. That's fascinating. That's really, really fascinating. I do agree that it does not, uh, it's not very helpful to be boxed in by something, but at the end of the day, it's very helpful to be guided by a model, by a model that That's works. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it does. Because I think if you don't have some way to describe some of the uh, existing patterns in your, in your behavior, uh, you might find yourself not really either leveraging those strengths or accounting for the blind spots that go with it. So there's no perfect personality or perfect personality type. There's always areas of leverage and then areas of blind spots. So if you can, if you can uh, verbalize that, if you can put that into a descriptor, it acts as a bit of a roadmap for you when you're trying to move forward with something. So then on that note, would you then say that all personalities, especially in this case, are equally strong? And do they have... Do they each have the same amount of potential in this, especially in this current world? Yeah. So I would say that the way I would describe it is that um, whatever those strengths are that you have, uh, and you, everybody has strengths, you will find certain situations where those strengths are really called for and it becomes an easy fit for you. So um, for instance, just I can use myself as an example. I'm a big idea person. So I, when it comes to generating ideas and coming up with new angles and thinking about another way to bellow the fire, <laughs> I do extremely well at that. Uh, but I also have a corresponding blind spot around details. And so I find myself sometimes missing things or getting de-energized when I'm having to work with something that uh, is detail-oriented or even just remembering simple things. You know, I, I just don't have a, a great attention to detail. So that's my downside. So if I was an accountant, for instance, I wouldn't exactly naturally thrive there. It's not to say that I couldn't if I put in sufficient effort, but you know, when it comes to personality, there are places in which it's just going to be a natural and easy uh, fit to thrive and then other areas where it's going to be challenging. And then you just get to decide how much effort you want to put into attacking that particular challenge. That makes a lot of sense because what I've recently also discovered is that when, whenever I play with my strengths, of my personality, I am so much more energized and I'm very yes. committed without being having to be motivated in any way to do something specific. So when I know my strengths of my personality, I'm able to do so much more in so little time compared to not being in my strength and then, you know, trying to do something that I'm not strong at. Like in your case where you have to focus, let's say you had to focus on detail 80% of the day, you would be yes. so so down and under by the end, you know, by middle of the day. <laughs> so yes. you know, yeah. how, how valuable is it that we know and understand our personality and our strengths? It is extremely valuable. I can give you a perfect example. Um, so I am going to be actually uh, going on a safari in February. So I'm going to be actually coming down to your continent and Fun. one of the things I <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. One of the things I had to do was fill out a visa application. All right. So that involves a little bit of detail. You, mm. you have to transcribe numbers from your passport onto that, onto the document. And you know, and you gotta be accurate. You can't reverse numbers or whatever, because it's, it's gotta be an accurate document. Yeah. And I knew 
that I am very poor when it comes to attention to detail. So the first thing I did uh, one morning was get up, make myself a cup of coffee and attend to that because my brain was fresh. So therefore I could attack that task and do it much better than if I said, oh, you know, I put the task off till, you know, eight o'clock at night when I'm now I'm tired and my eyes are crossing and, uh, and now I'm trying to attack that task. So it's super helpful to know which tasks you can kind of, you know, do just because they're, 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 they're easy for you and what kinds of tasks um, need you to have a special focus to accomplish them. And you'd, one thing I want to add to that is, so you'd think, oh yeah, I know my strengths. I know my blind spots. I don't need anything to tell me <laughs> that. You know, that would be a natural thing to say. The problem with that thinking is with blind spots often comes defensiveness. So if you don't have it articulated that, you know, you've got these strengths, but um, on the other side, you also have blind spots. You can go through your life being very defensive, and in fact, I have been around things like details. I would say, mm. well, those people are just anal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so it takes a certain amount of self-awareness to put down your guard and say, you know what? This really isn't something I do well. Um, it doesn't excuse me from it, but it gives me the opportunity to attack it in a way that I give it extra attention. Yeah, I can relate so much because I can just see myself also looking back to justifying things that didn't have to be justified or couldn't actually be justified, but I had to defend my way, you know, through just save my own ego in a way. And uh, yeah, that is not empowering. Yeah. It's not it's not serving anyone at the end of the day, not even me. But um, yep. I've got a question on, on, on t in, in terms of personality. So do you, you said that you are sort of like the creative and, yep. you know, um, ideation type but then your blind spot is then detailed. Do you ever get people that are a blend of those two? Is that like a rare case? Because that sounds like the opposite of each other, but is there uh, like a case where you get both really strong in both ends? Well, you can become strong in both mm. things for sure. Uh, you can become strong by way of practice. Uh, you can become strong by way of doing those things at the right time of the day when you're feeling fresh. So from a outcome standpoint, you could do both well, but they do tend to be opposites. They, mm -hmm. they, most things or many things anyway, um, have a quality of polarity to them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, day to day, as you're going about your day, you're attending to big ideas and, and creativity and, details. You're having to do both. And so you have to have an awareness around which one of those you need to leverage right now, you know? So, uh, yes, you can have those qualities wrapped into one person, but it's often either something you've learned to do, uh, something that you do when you're feeling pretty fresh, or, um, it may also be that it's something that you're engaged in very deeply. So if you're in a creative project and you're really engaged in that project, uh, the, the attention to detail uh, kind of can come in through the back door. I mean, it just flows through because the door mm. is open by way of the creativity piece. But if it's not something that, you know, inherently you do well, there's always a few extra maneuvers, I think, that have to go with adding that extra piece. The opposite, the polar 
uh, twin to that. Excellent. And then uh, last question on personalities and stuff before mm-hmm. we jump onto another topic that I'm super excited to start with is I just want to know, is there like a specific ratio that we should be aiming towards in terms of using our strengths and, and you know, within our personality? So let's say I'm going to use your example again. Would you okay. want to use 80% of your day structured in a way that you can be creative and then only 20% be analytical and be detailed? Or is there no specific ratio that helps us be more productive, be more joyful, be more content and happy throughout the day? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And I'm going to take it first from the 30,000-foot view and kind of (laughs) bring it in. Sure. So, yes, you want to try to find um, activities that are energizing. uh, Because when you have... When you're doing a lot of energizing activities, you will... Uh, the effort will be a little bit less, so you can go longer. You can you can get a lot of joy out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you want to have that, but then there's this idea of self development, and so self development is another part of joyous living, uh, managing something that you don't typically do well. Mm. So uh, you know you can get a lot of joy out of doing things that you really. Uh, do well that that you you have na- that are naturally energizing that are strengths for you, but then there's a lot of uh, satisfaction with mastering something you didn't think you could do. Mm. So I think it's a little of both. Um, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, <laughs> um, "Well, which one?" Um, I'd say you'd want to try to find uh, situations where uh, you have a higher probability of thriving. I, you know, that would be my gentle lean. I gently lean toward that, mm. but I would also not be opposed to doing things that required me to to develop and uh, add layers to to my personality. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Made, I hope that made sense. Okay, <laughs> that definitely made sense. I just asked that question because, as an entrepreneur, you typically find yourself in situations where you don't like the stuff that you're doing, but it needs to be done, especially as a startup or something, someone that's just starting out. You're going to do all the work, all the necessary you know, tasks. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a team yet, per se. Um, and then the, you find yourself in so many situations where you're just not feeling it or you're not drawn towards your work and then you get discouraged. You, th- you think yep. that there's something else, but it's just sometimes we need to push through the small things to get to a place where we can start doing more of the things that we really enjoy or that we are really strong at in our business or company or whatever. As an well, you just gave the number one perfect example that uh, we talk about as far as if you really want to become uh, a master at your, at, at your being who you are is to be an entrepreneur because it will expose the things you need to uh, you know, pay attention to that you normally wouldn't, and then you know also not be led just by the strengths part of it. So you, the the complete personality really does unfold in an entrepreneurial situation because you can't ignore some of these things. If you are not a detailed person, you got to send out your invoices. That is a pain. I hate doing that. You think I'd like that, but I don't. You know, so you just have to do these things, and you're absolutely right. It's a perfect example. Yeah, that's why I just had to pop that question in. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're right. It's exactly the example we use when we talk about uh, being, you know, at your highest level of capability is entrepreneurship. 
Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I've, I found a little, like a few insights within that conversation, especially yeah. on, the, on the side of how you view self-development is also just managing the thing, things that you aren't really great at, which is quite an interesting perspective that I never thought about. I just thought it's about improving who you are, but it's also yeah. managing that which you are not strongest at. Which is quite a yeah, manage view. it and don't get defensive about it because yeah. that's that's what we that's what we do and we don't want to think of ourselves as incomplete, but we're complete and incomplete. Mm, that is, <laughs> Ponder that. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a thought that I'm going to leave for the people to go and think about after they've listened to this conversation. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, and another thing that just popped up into my mind, as you said, that was emotional intelligence, but that is yeah. like another topic for another day. I'm going to move yeah. us on to a topic that I wanted to chat about uh, mm-hmm. with you. And it's the topic of, it's the idea of self being self-aware. So self-awareness. Yes. Like I really enjoy working on my own self-awareness. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's one of those things that we need to thrive in this mm-hmm. day and age and this world that we live in. So let's, let's start with self-awareness and just ask how and how would you define self-awareness just as a start? Okay. You have asked me about my one of my favorite topics. Mm. And my journey in understanding self-awareness started actually well before I was a coach. Uh, it started when I was working with individuals that were brain injured. So it's, mm. I've, I've been on this self-awareness awareness uh, for <laughs> over 35 years. Mm. Um, so One of the things that we would talk about if we had a patient who had had a stroke or a brain injury or something like that, one of the greatest predictive uh, measures we had was this thing called deficit awareness. Hmm. And what that meant was, to what level did that individual understand their current state as impacting what they were actually able to do? Okay. And it exists at multiple levels. People can say, you know, I'm self-aware. Sure. I know. I know I've had a brain injury. Okay. Let's just say you say that and you can verbalize it Mm. and you say, okay, I've had a brain injury, but I can still go back to work. That's such a, that's a real surface level of self-awareness. You're almost saying back to the people that are working with you, what they're telling you. No, no, you've had a brain injury. But then you have the next level of self-awareness, which is, well, gosh, maybe I can't go to work yet because, you know, maybe I'm in a wheelchair. So something yeah. really concrete like that mm. gives you your first example of what that self-awareness really means. And you can kind of go on down the line. Then you have to say, well, I can see how that would have an impact. And then you'd actually have to care that there's an impact on you know, what you're doing. So you're, you're, you're sort of first a little bit self-aware. Then you say, yeah, yeah, you know, I guess that means this. But then you have to care. And then you can be motivated to change it. So if you, had, if you were working with a patient who had zero or very minimal self-awareness, it was really hard to engage them in any kind of meaningful tasks to improve. And this works whether you're brain injury or you fully never have had anything like that happen to you. Because you can say things like, well, yeah, you know, I'm carrying a, you know, an extra 40 you know, pounds or something like mm. that on me. But what does that really mean? 
oh, okay, maybe you'll be diabetic. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I know that. But this, but, but, but getting down to the granular level of true impact is a much bigger task. And it takes a lot more self-awareness. So it's our journey. It's our journey to get to those deeper levels of self-awareness to the point where we actually want to make changes, that things matter to us. Just being sort of aware of it and saying, yeah, I tend to be late. Yeah. But we don't understand what that actually really means. Those are two different things. Right. Three words that just popped up as self-worth, self-care, and impact, whether that's on yourself or on the world or on, the, on yep. nature itself. Is that correct in a way to say that that's, that's those three are components of self-awareness in a way? Absolutely. So um, one of the things I wrote um, on one of my blogs was self-awareness is other awareness. So mm. sometimes when people think of the self-awareness journey, they think, well, that means I'm just spending too much time thinking about myself. But it really isn't that. It's this idea of what is my impact on other individuals. So the more self-aware you are, the more aware you are on the impact that you're having on others. Um, when you're talking about self-care, yes, it's this idea of kind of knowing what, how you're experiencing the world and what that's actually doing to your level of energy and what you're actually ultimately able to contribute to the world. So this, this, this all becomes really self and other focused. It's not a one-way uh, thing. It's not, you know, I'm thinking about myself and I'm going to just talk about my goals and my life and my purpose and my this and my that. That's all really important. But in the end, it becomes your value proposition for the world. It becomes your contribution to the world. It becomes how you interface with others and what you bring out in them. Um, it, it's, it's really about that. That is such a fascinating insight. And I think if as soon as you start gaining that sort of perspective on what self-awareness means, it's so much more powerful than just thinking. It's just sitting and thinking about yourself or your life, but rather yeah. of how it impacts everything you touch, everything you engage with. It's, it's, it's your reputation that goes in there. It's your brand. It's everything, like you said, your, your value proposition. It's everything yep. that revolves around you. It's not just you, but it's, it's got, it's got so much to do with the other. And I think that's such a fascinating insight. It, if, it, the more self-aware you are, the more other aware you are. I'm definitely going to write that down. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's going to stick onto my wall soon. Uh, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so my next question would be then, is there a way that we can measure self-awareness? Yeah, now that's a really interesting thing. There's lots of different ways to... Uh, to measure self-awareness. Uh, part of it is, you know, um, being open-minded to feedback, being coachable. So if an individual tends to lean towards um, defensiveness, for instance, it would be an indicator of maybe not being completely open, you know, to, to self-awareness. Um, you know, I, I think 
when we're talking about measuring self-awareness, you can do you can do this in a variety of ways. So you can you can be open-minded or co- see how coachable somebody is, but you can also do this thing called the 360. Uh, so there's uh, for, you brought up emotional intelligence before, um, and I do some work with emotional intelligence. There's the emotional intelligence 360 in which an individual. Uh, can rate themselves on their level of so of uh, emotional intelligence, and then individuals that uh, know them, you know, family members, people who work with them, superiors, you know, a wide variety of individuals in their life uh, can provide that feedback and information. And you can see if there's an alignment between how you see yourself and how others see you. So you have instruments like that. Um, There's also, you can do a personal brand exercise. So you can, you know, I do some work with personal brands. So it's basically asking 40 or 50 people that you know to do an anonymous survey and they'll give you the feedback on how you are perceived out there. So there are ways to measure it by way of, um, the EQI 360, personal brand, uh, your ability to be coached, you know, how open-minded are you about uh, being coached? Um, those are some ways that you can maybe get at it a bit, chip away at it anyway. <laughs> yeah, cool. Another question just quickly popped up into my, into my mind. Can you be too self-aware, too open-minded, that in a way that you're just floating or just you don't have any structure? I don't know how to how to exactly grab this question together, but I, I think yeah. you get the the idea behind it. Well, I I think um, you know if you could you you could make this argument that a person could become so self aware that they become self involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there is um, there's even a measure, for instance, on the EQI called emotional self-awareness. And so they actually measure emotional self-awareness. And um, there's, if, you're, if your emotional self-awareness is not in balance with other components um, in your life, so let's say if your emotional self-awareness um, is not in balance with uh, a quality called assertiveness, which is measured on the EQI, you could technically find yourself tangled up in um, all the complex emotions that you're feeling at this moment that it's just time to be assertive about something. Mm -hmm. So uh, components of self-awareness need to have some degree of balance. So uh, if you become too self-aware, you can become too self-involved. You can um, get yourself tangled up in too much thinking. So under like the umbrella of self-awareness, because it's quite a big idea by itself, are they like what are the what are the key elements? Perhaps two, three, or four key elements within or under self-awareness that we should be aware of in our own lives. That's something that we can just ponder on and think about. Yeah, yeah. So I think the f- uh, if I was going to give somebody just sort of the, the this is one of the ways to develop self-awareness, there's two things. Number one is think of those levels of awareness I was talking about earlier, this idea of just being able to say, oh, this is a blind spot of mine, but not addressing it or having an, any idea of what that impact is on your life and the lives of others, you know, see how deeply you can take yourself as far as those layers of self-awareness. And it may be you need a coach to get to that level, or you may need an accountability partner who's going to give you frank 
um, open-minded feedback. Um, that is uh, one way to to do it. Um, the other thing is is to be aware of this thing. So if you go into a bookstore and you look at all of the self-help books out there, the shelves continue to grow. Yeah. Okay. Because re- just reading about it and studying it is not enough. You have to actually go and let the rubber hit the road and start to experiment with it. Yes. We can get ourselves at the level of thinking we're making progress because we're continuing to research it. Mm-hmm. But are we actually taking a true challenge? Try, are we truly trying to take on something that's going to help us with our personal development and self-awareness? Or are we going to just read about it, get that energy boost like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> great way of putting it. That's great. But then walking away and in the end, not trying anything different, not putting yourself out there. Um, and believe me, it's easier said than done. I mean, I, I actually had a conversation with my daughter yesterday who's uh, getting her doctorate in sports psychology, and I was talking to her about something that I was, you know, uh, struggling with. And <laughs> she said, well, you know, it sounds to me like you're just trying to understand it, but you're not willing to <laughs> try anything new. And I'm thinking... Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guilty as charged. But we, but we do that. We do a lot of research. We do a lot of pondering. We do a lot of reading. But sometimes we don't actually put ourselves out there and start to test drive uh, the reality we've painted for ourselves to you know to to expand on that and become more self aware. I think you've just touched on and just sort of highlighted such a big trap that people can fall into because I've been there so many times I still find myself in that spot because I love, love, love learning. I love understanding new concepts and just always gaining new information. And then as you said, you get into that trap of thinking because you're researching the idea, you're starting to understand and being able yep. to flesh that out into something that's, that's applicable, but you don't use that. You don't actually use that idea. I get into that trap all the time. So I, I can relate so much. And that's always why at the end of these discussions, I will always encourage people to take whatever you've learned and just go and apply as best you can. And then, yep. you know, get feedback, ask questions, um, contact me or you or anyone to see like how you can improve, how you can go further, right. what's next, uh, how have you done, score me, whatever, just do yep. whatever it is. And, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm listening to myself because I, sometimes I need this. I need people that can just, you know, bring it back and ground me a little bit to say, like, you've got to, like you said, get the rubber to the road and start moving. That's forward. right. It can't stay as a theoretical construct that you're trying to more deeply understand. There's, with theory goes this, this, uh, this thing called realism. And so you really do have to test drive it um, and get true data as to, you know, what this actually feels like to, you know, I mean, I could say, you know, I'm not very good at details and, you know, I could read a bunch of books on how to do details better, but at the end of the day, it stays as a theoretical Mm -hmm. construct unless I, you know, actually put myself in my chair and start working with it. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, that's, 
I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why I think, too, sometimes people get frustrated with individuals who are trying to become self-aware because <laughs> there is this element of hanging in the ethers, just thinking yeah, about it exactly, and not, and not doing anything to change it or to uh, you know, experiment. And it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be like, you can't just decide overnight, okay, today is the day that I'm assertive moving forward. That's <laughs> it. I'm going to be assertive. It doesn't actually work that way. It works better if you say, you know, in this, that, and this situation, I'm going to practice assertiveness in this way, and then you build on it. I mean, you don't go to the gym and pick up a 100-pound weight uh, if you've never lifted. You start off with the smaller weights, and you work your way up. Um, so it's it's super important to to take that first step. Yeah, I think perhaps why people might struggle just thinking of myself is if you if you speak about something like assertiveness, it's not actually tangible. So it's not like a weight that you can see is quite big. You've got yep. an idea of what it is, but it's actually much bigger than you might think it is, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is. It, and it, it does become about mastering uh, certain situations and building on that and finding the things that are going to have the biggest impact. And again, too, self-awareness is around this idea of what, where do I need to tweak my behavior to have greater impact? You know, so uh, it's, it just, it's, it's not just a general wave of self-improvement, but it's also, you know, how am I going to contribute? How am I going to uh, give a, have a better value proposition? How am I going to execute things better? Um, it, it does really boil down to, um, you know, trying some things and, and deciding to do specific things rather than just this global, you know, initiative. <laughs> yeah. Do you find there's a ratio between thinking and doing? I mean, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you need to think about something for, for yep. a little bit longer and sometimes, you know, because some people just go without thinking about it. But then do you find there's a, like a sort of like a quote unquote success ratio in terms of thinking and doing mm -hmm. and being? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I would not say that there's a specific ratio, but baked mm. into this is understanding uh, the idea of um, – leverage. So what is it do, that I need to leverage? What is it that I need to improve on? And that does take stopping whatever you're doing and thinking about it, whether a person journals, for instance, whether they sit down with a coach, whether they sit down with a counselor, a trusted friend, an accountability partner. Um, it's this idea that, yes, you have to do and yes, you have to think about your next move. Um, and it really just depends on the particular situation, how much, you know, if it's a huge initiative in which you're really going to be making some strategic changes, yeah, you probably do need to spend more time, you know, thinking about it, planning it out, deciding what it is that you need to, uh, to do. Um, if it's something a little simpler, um, sometimes you can get caught up making it complex by thinking mm. about it too much. So it's situational. That is very helpful. Thank you so much. Uh, the next, the next question that I have in it is mm -hmm. you do also mention and push that self-awareness is definitely a crucial skill in like today's world in the 21st century. And I yes. think a lot of people might be thinking this as I get now, like people are like, yes, I get what it is, I understand it, but why do we need it in specifically now in today's world? 
Yeah, that's that's a really great question. So when you think about, you know, we're, we're becoming increasingly more technological. You know, we've got yeah. uh, artificial intelligence. We've got all of those factors happening. So, you know, you could make the argument that, well, you know, I mean, machines are going to do everything for us anyway. You know, <laughs> who cares or whatever. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, here are the benefits of it. Number one, you be, people are collaborating with each other uh, in ways that they never have before. You know, here you and I are talking continents away on a particular topic. Yeah. So we're, we're talking to people all over the world. So we have to be aware of what it's like a, around the world. There's a collaboration that's happening. Secondly, jobs are appearing and disappearing at a, ra- at a very, very rapid pace. So the only thing that you really take with you other than your experiences at a particular job are your self-awareness lessons. Those stay with you. You don't unlearn those things. And you take those into your next job. So just to give you the agility to move from job to job, being self-aware is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. Because again, it boils down to this idea of value proposition. What are you taking with you? Um, The other thing is too, is that I don't know if we we really didn't touch around the idea of self-awareness as far as our personal values are concerned, but we're constantly being flooded by information. We're yes. getting flooded by way of you know Google. We're being flooded by way of social media. We're just constantly, constantly being flooded with information. It is way more than we are designed as humans to actually take in and understand. So being aware of what is important to you and what you need to pay attention to and what's, what's your niche in the world, uh, those things are also benefit from, from self-awareness. You know, um, I love Twitter. I love to, you know, scroll and read, but there's a lot of uh, topics I block because I find them to be not valuable to uh, me being able to contribute anything to the world. I find them annoying, et cetera, et cetera. So I I block them, but I have to be aware of that. I have to be aware of, I'm blocking this because I'm aware of the fact that I don't want to flood my brain with things that are not in the end of the day going to create a positive impact on others from what I can offer. So being self-aware is, is just gigantic. Um, the benefits are, are enormous. If you're listening, I just want you to rewind that part and actually just listen through it again because it's so, there's so much value in what Anne just said. And if I think about it, it is really crucial, and we didn't touch on this, and that's, that's, that's what you mentioned. It's the values and how that fits into what you consume. It's, it's definitely something that's going to impact um, your value system and also how you operate every single day and who you become. And I definitely agree on the fact that your input versus output ratio these days is off the chain. It's, it's yep. unimagined, actually. And that can also be destructive to your mental health at the end of the day. But I think I'd love to... Mm-hmm take that idea into another conversation at some point where we can talk about values, purpose, and all of those things, passion, and how that fits into how we, you know, um, interact with the world in that sense from that side. Because I also love that part of, you know, of who we are. Um, It's it's integral to who we are. But just as, as a summary, because we're getting to the close of this interview now, is... Yes. As a summary, let's just get some ideas going. I've got three questions, three short okay. questions, and I want three 
short-ish <laughs> answers, right? I'll so be self-aware. <laughs> Keep them short. <laughs> so let's see if we can, I, I think this might be a summary because what I'm going to ask you now is it feels like we've answered it throughout this, this episode. Okay. But let's, let's see. So one practical task or idea that we can execute on today to improve our self-awareness. Second question, one item or distraction that we can remove to allow ourselves space for improving our self-awareness. Third, one idea or concept that we can investigate or study after this discussion is over? Oh, those are really good questions. So number one, the thing that you can do today, if there's a problem that you're struggling with and you kind of keep getting the same sort of outcome, ask somebody for feedback and see what they tell you. Ask them for some honest feedback and see if that opens up a new way of thinking. All right. That would be one thing you could do right now. Love it. Okay. Second one, your phone, put it in a different room, put your cell phone in a different room and um, give yourself at least an hour to work on something in which you're not distracted by your cell phone. Right. So remove your mobile phones, put it on. Remove your, remove your mobile phones. We need, we need something in this, in this world in which, Having phones on us all the time is considered not cool. Yeah, cool. I'm <laughs> we need with a you social movement. Yes, a social movement. <laughs> okay, and then the third one, I would, I would, I would do uh, read some things around emotional intelligence because I think emotional intelligence is one of the ways that we get at self awareness. So either a book, a blog, uh, start exploring what that is. Awesome. Yeah. So that would be like a springboard into self awareness, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm also going to highlight that part, definitely emotional intelligence. As soon as you start studying a little bit more about what that means and how you mm-hmm. fit into the world, it's just, it's fascinating and it's empowering. Yep. So what I often have people say, uh, do is I'll say, okay, imagine that all your experiences in your life are quilt squares. Think of yourself as knitting together all these unique experiences into one tapestry or one mosaic that actually looks like it makes sense it's a good way to know if you are heading toward purpose is if you can look at these things and find a common thread Um, if you um, cannot then you start to wonder you know are you just kind of a ship being bounced around in the waves or are you you know um, holding onto the tiller at some level. I mean, it's a way. It's a way to see where you are in that journey, anyway. Awesome. That is such a cool way of actually just viewing that. Um, yeah. I, you know that idea and taking purpose and putting it into like a picture. Because I'm also a very visual person. So, like, if you yep. put it, if you explain purpose to me like that, I'm like, wow, that's such an amazing way for me to now sort of integrate it into my life and see it in that way. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's one thing people can do, kind of check in with themselves and see if their, you know, if their uh, activity is heading toward that kind of a, of a tapestry. Um, you know, passion doesn't just descend on people. Um, it kind of drops into the bucket drop by drop until it becomes a bucket of water or a bucket of passion, and then you start to see what it is that you really like. But even the absence of some of those practical experiences, it's hard to tell uh, mm. what those what those things are that um, you know delight you uh, and make it. Yeah. So 
but that's one exercise people could do right away. Awesome. I'm even excited to just take a step back and think about it in the way that you just described. Very, very excited. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, good, good. Yeah. So for anyone listening that's, that's thinking, wow, I just want to learn more. I want to get in touch with Anne. How do people yep. get hold of you to learn more and to perhaps just get in touch and speak to you about what they require? Maybe they can get some, you know, some uh, coaching. I'm not sure what you can offer them, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the way to get a hold of me is um, you can go to www.annholm.net. So it's A-N-N-H-O-L-M.net. Um, you can re- email me at annholm at annholm.net. <laughs> um, you can get catch me on LinkedIn, uh, annholm.net. And, and, it would, and then uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter. Guess what? Annholm net. <laughs> so there's a bit of, consi- and there's also a Facebook page, but um, I would uh, say that uh, going to my website, there's several blogs that have been very useful to people. Um, there's one in particular uh, about the INFJ personality type where there's comments that date back uh, several years, but comments from around the world about individuals who are exper- uh, experiencing the journey of being a that very rare and complex personality type. And that's a, you know, that, that's a good place. You know, anybody who's of that type might find those articles really interesting, but that's how you get a hold of me. Great. So, awesome. Thank you yeah. for that. So for those listening, I'm going to pop all those links in the show notes of this episode. So if you forgot that, what, what that was, or you're struggling to find it, it's going to be in the show notes of the episode, which can be fa- found on either iTunes or the websites. It will be okay. there so you can get in touch with Anne and you can chat a little bit more and get some help if you need or just read a blog just to start you off on this cool journey. But yeah, so I guess, Anne, my closing question to you would just be, mm-hmm. so how, like, what is your advice to someone that's just lost all their belief and their capability in themselves? Um, you know, it's, I, I think of it as, there's always some place that you can grab on to. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that I worked with brain injured people. And those guys, a lot of those guys were coming out of comas. I mean, they were really low level. And so, but looking at what you do well, we always looked for what was reasonably solid that we could grab onto and start building. Hmm. So just taking that look at, you know, oh, well, this. I'm actually kind of doing pretty well and see if I can start to leverage that or branch out uh, with that and take steps day to day. The one thing you don't want to do, and it's such a temptation if you feel like you're going nowhere, is to browse around on the internet and just kind of look around and, and watch YouTube videos. And you know, YouTube has value for sure. I use it. But it, it, there's a lot of distractions out there that'll keep us in our rut and they are in the end mind numbers you know they're they're almost in some ways like a drug in that they numb your mind and then you don't go any further so you really want to watch out for things that you're doing to fritter away your day rather than looking to see you know what is it that I can build on what I always think of it almost like bellowing a a flame. If you see a little flame and you take your bellow and you go down to the base of it and you gently bellow it and then you see more flame and then you bellow that area, that's really what you want to do. And then also understand that when you're flopping around, 
there's actually something to be learned. You know, what made you flop around? What led to that? What do you need to change? Um, there's always something you can grab onto if you just take a look. Thank you so much for that. I think you're the first person ever to point out that there's a way out, but then once you're out or once you have something to leverage, you got to yep. look back and say, what got you there in the first place? Or how did you end up there? Or what was the circumstances mm -hmm. that brought you there? What are the actions that you took or whatever behaviors that yep. you were, you know, um, mm -hmm. executing on that put you in that situation in the first place. So that's, that is so key. So thank you just for that. Thank no, you for thank you pointing that you're out. Welcome. And uh, yeah, once again, um, thank you for just, you know, setting yep. people up for success and just helping people thrive in, in this rapidly changing world that we live in. I would just like to acknowledge you and just, thank you, you know, acknowledge you for your dedication towards learning and staying current with all the latest uh, research and findings out there so that you can just thank help you. people engage in the most effective way in their own lives. Thank you for that. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Cool. And that is it for this episode. Guys, thank you so much for just listening for the entire episode. It's always the people that listen all the way through that I have the, the most faith in. It's the people that go all the way. It's the people that listen all the way through that will take the lessons, that will take the insights and go and implement them. They will go and speak to others about them. They will go and teach other people what they've learned and speak to them about where they want to improve and what they think about. So having said that, if you did enjoy the episode, if you did learn something new, pass it to someone else, you know, give the gift of, of a podcast, give the gift of wisdom, give the gift of insight, share it with someone else. Maybe someone else don't have, you know, the self-confidence in their personality. They, they are perhaps not as self-aware as they should be or could be. They have so much potential. Pass it on to them. Give them this episode. Share it with them and just start a conversation. You know, start a conversation around this. Go and implement it. That's what I'm always going to say. Implement what you learn in some form or way. And to, to go and share it with someone else and discuss it with, with someone else is going to be a great way to start you know, creating those new neural networks for yourself. It's, it's a way for you to understand and interpret it even better. So having said that, I hope that you enjoyed everything that we spoke about today. Get in touch with me if you also did like the episode. If you're not going to share it with someone else, get in touch with me, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and also on email at info at exploringpossibility.co.za and let me know how it went. Let me know if you've got any questions and let me know if there's anything that we can improve so we can give you a better listening experience. That's about it. I'll see you in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. And remember, don't be afraid and explore and find the possibility. Cheers, guys.